Merry Christmas. <laughs> Just seeing who's paying attention. If you are in Children's Church and you would like to be dismissed now, uh, please follow Corinne out and uh, the children will learn and grow in Christ and uh, they will become powerful warriors for the Lord. Amen. Nice try, Diane. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. God is so good, isn't he? Hallelujah. Well, uh, the scriptures say that we have the victory in Christ. Amen. And that in all things, we are overcomers, right? And I have to tell you what happened to me this week, if that's okay. <laughs> we had a, a family, I got to brag a minute. Is that okay if I just brag? I'm really bragging on Christ in me because it's he that did the work, although I did feel the work. But uh, we had a Fitbit challenge, a step challenge, a work week hustle. So the whole week long, we had to, you know, compete with each other within my family. And my, my little brother, Josh, is extremely healthy. And he works out all the time, right? Well, on Tuesday, I accidentally got 20,000 steps, which put me in the running to actually possibly beat him this time. And so uh, I just made sure that I got as many steps as I could every single day. And on the last day, uh, I, was, I was about 6,000 steps ahead of him. Well, no, at first I was 16,000 steps ahead of him because he hadn't updated his Fitbit for 24 hours. And I knew there was a hit coming. I knew he was going to pull ahead. And so I stopped updating mine, and I kept walking and walking and walking and walking. And on Friday, I ended up with 22,000 steps, and I beat him. Praise God. And I beat him by about 9,000 steps. But, you know, I got a, I got a text message from Jennifer because my mother and my brother live in Oklahoma and the text message from Jennifer because Jennifer was at the gym late at night she said shouldn't they be in bed by now because it's later there yes they should and I felt that too and I wish that they had gone to bed but um you know praise God and so I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me right and so I beat I ended up with 77,000 steps for the Monday through Friday which is a tremendous accomplishment on Christ's in me part because a year and a half ago, was it a year and a half ago? It's December of 2017. I was only able to walk 1,500 steps a day without being absolutely exhausted in an extreme pain the next day. And I know that you guys probably wouldn't have noticed because I saved all my energy to literally get dressed for church, get in the car, drive here, walk up and preach, and then I would go home and just be wiped out and exhausted and just believing God and holding on to the scriptures and, of course, making lifestyle changes as, as necessary, but just holding on to the scriptures and just believing God that he would heal me and that he would make me able and, and I could see myself hiking and I still picture myself hiking and skiing and walking up big mountains and going to see waterfalls and all that kind of thing. And uh, I'm getting there, praise God. I see myself walking around Disneyland, right? I know Disneyland is about 20,000 steps for a good day and not in pain at the end of the day, right? So I just want to 
encourage you, no matter where you're at in your health, if you're believing God for healing, don't let go of the scriptures, right? Uh, you know, we know that healing can happen immediately, and we've seen many immediate miracles, and uh, those have been wonderful and good. Uh, but sometimes, you know, if you receive over time, there's nothing wrong with that. I would not despise the grace of God on my life that took me from 1,500 steps a day to be able to do 22,000 and not die, right? Like that is a big deal and it takes a lot of a lot of muscles getting built up and, you know, cardiovascular changes and things like that to be able to do that. So praise God, right? And uh, so I'm just really happy because I'm just really happy I beat my brother. <laughs> I'm just going to be real with you. So thank God. Uh, you know, he, maybe he'll start praying more. <laughs> I did notice on, on Monday he only got 7,000 steps on Monday, and I, and I was like, ooh, he's slacking off. He thinks he's going to win this one easy. And then my mom told me on, on Wednesday that because I got 20,000 steps on Tuesday, he was panicking. And I was like, perfect. I got him where I want him. Right? Does anyone have any little siblings in here where, you know, if you could just send them into a state of panic, it would just bless you? Right? <laughs> you know, I, ha I have two older sisters, and they have sent me into plenty of states of panic. So, so my little brothers are mine to pick on. Amen? I hope they're not watching online, <laughs> because if they are, he's probably going to get 120,000 next step challenge, so I don't doubt it. Anyways, uh, are you thankful for the word of God this morning? Hallelujah. You know, I share that with you because I just think it's important for you to know that I have to believe God like everyone else. You know, we don't get a free pass because we're in ministry where everything's perfect and you don't have to go through anything. And, you know, we have to hold on to the scriptures. And when I preach and I teach you to hold fast to your confession, I mean hold fast to your confession. I mean, you might be holding on tight and you might be like on an upside down roller coaster with your arms on the rail of your confession and dangling and looking down. But man, if you don't let go, you have the victory, right? And I don't let go, and I know I have the victory in all things, and I want to encourage you wherever you are in your walk in, in the Lord, whether you're looking for emotional healing or physical healing or, or psychological healing or a situation to turn around or a relationship to heal, just hold fast to that confession of faith that God is able, right? That God is able to keep you from falling. He's able to heal your body. Just hold fast and let him do his work. Amen? Amen? Praise God. So last week we talked about your identity in Christ, and that is one of my very favorite things in the entire world, um, is my identity in Christ and your identity in Christ. Um, and this week we're kind of going to touch on that as well, but we're also going to look at Ephesians chapter 4. So if you can turn to Ephesians 4, Yay. we'll get started in just a second, right? Praise God. <coughs> Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word never comes back void, but it always accomplishes what it's sent out to do. And we receive your word with gladness this morning, and we receive your word to take root in us and to grow up 
into a mighty oak tree in us, and we purpose in our hearts to do that which you instruct us to do, to believe what you instruct us to believe, to think how you instruct us to think, and we thank you, God, for your precious word. We don't take it lightly. We take it just like it is as the word of the everlasting and almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, the one who knows all, the one who sees all, the one who is all and in all and holds all things together by your powerful word. We take this word for the life that it is in Jesus' name. Amen. Sometimes we have to remember what we're reading, right? Oh, I wanted to also let you know uh, that Yolanda, our librarian, last Sunday morning she broke her kneecap. And uh, she's okay. I just got an update uh, from her. That's why my phone went off. She said, I'm feeling much better today. Uh, the pain I felt yesterday is gone. And uh, she said, last night I dreamt I was walking around with my cast on. Ha ha, I know I'm healed. So she broke her knee and she had a little bit of pain in the beginning. And then she prayed and spoke to her knee and commanded it to stop hurting and commanded it to be healed. And all the pain left. And she didn't have pain. And, you know, uh, we went to see her. Letty and I went to see her in the hospital because she went to the ER for it. And they scheduled her for surgery on Monday morning. And the doctors were astounded that she didn't have pain. <laughs> and they're like, are you sure you don't have pain? Because it was broke clean in half. And, you know, the brace that was on her knee was so tight that her knee, because her knee was so swelling, it, her knee had little marks where the brace was. And when Letty and I, we anointed it with oil and we took communion with her and we were praying and the swelling went down so much that the brace was loose. And uh, so God is so good. Uh, she still did have the surgery, but the surgery went very well and she was up walking and she's She's doing well. She's mostly keeping it elevated. She's not driving yet. That's why she's not here. Um, she lives in Waddell, pretty far away. But um, she is believing God for complete and total healing and restoration. And if you would join your faith with hers and with ours to believe God that when she has her doctor's appointment coming up on April 10th, that Everything is perfect and fine and good, and she is released and released from the cast. And, you know, she's got a missions trip to go on to South Africa. I think it's at the end of April. And she, she declared, I will not miss my missions trip. <laughs> Praise God, you know. And we're just going to believe God with her as the body of Christ. If you're in Yolanda's cell group, I want you to just give her a call this week and pray with her if you wouldn't mind doing that. And pray the prayer of faith. Don't call her if you would just want to have pity on her. <coughs> Excuse me. She does not need your pity. She needs your prayers. Amen. Amen. <coughs> it all of a sudden got so dry. <laughs> Hallelujah. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry. Sorry. Anyways, Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to look here, and uh, in verse 11, are you ready for the word today? Yes. Hallelujah. Okay, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11, <clears throat> and he gave some 
apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, <clears throat> for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith <clears throat> and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the statue, stature of the fullness of Christ. Hallelujah. So we're going to start here. And, and God gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some prophets and some teachers. And there's a whole lot of um, teaching in the body of Christ on this that, you know, there's different offices and all of that. And that's not necessarily what I'm concentrating on today. But I want you to see that God did give those, but he gave those for a purpose. <clears throat> so then there is a purpose for the apostolic, and there is a purpose for the pastor, thank God. And there is a purpose for the evangelist and for the teachers, right? There's, there's a purpose for the prophet. And what is that purpose? Like, why did God give us these people in the body of Christ, right? We know that the power of God is for every believer. We know that we have Christ in us. We know that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We know that, you know, and there's a lot of people that get out on their own and say, I don't need the church. I'm just, I'm going to be an island unto myself. And, but God gave us these people for a reason and what exactly is that reason? It says it's for the perfecting of the saints, right? <clears throat> That's what verse 12 says. God gave us these people for the perfecting of the saints. Who are the saints? Those that are born again. I thought we were made perfect in Christ Jesus. You are made perfect in Christ Jesus, but you don't act perfect in Christ Jesus, right? There's a, there's a perfecting of the saints that needs to go on. We need to be trained up in the ways of God, trained up in the kingdom principles, trained up in how to act now that we are a new creature or a new creation, amen? And why do we need to be perfected? Why do we need, now I'm not saying you're not righteous, right? Last week we talked about your righteousness. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Before God, you are 100% righteous and perfect, right? Like the blood of Jesus has made your spirit as perfect and as righteous as it'll ever get, because if you were one bit more righteous, you'd be more righteous than God himself, which is impossible, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Don't mistake me. I'm not talking about working out your salvation. And I have teachings on that besides. It doesn't mean what most people think it means to work out your salvation. But, uh, but for the perfecting of the saints, that means there is a perfecting of the saints that must still need to be going on. Even though we are perfect in the spirit, there is a perfecting of the saints or an equipping of the saints or, or uh, you know, gifts and callings of God that need to be released through the laying on of hands and through the encouraging of the saints and basically showing you how to walk out who you are in Christ and showing you who you are in Christ, you know, because if you don't remember who you are in Christ, you're not going to live like a son or a daughter of God. So why do we need to perfect the saints? 
We need to perfect the saints for the work of the ministry. Hallelujah. So then, who does the work of the ministry? <clears throat> the saints, right? Not the apostles, not the prophets, not the pastors, not the teachers. I, I, although we, the evangelists, although we do work the ministry because we are the saints, you don't have to be in a position like that to do the work of the ministry, right? You are called to do the work of the ministry because you are a saint, right? Doesn't it say in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20, now then we are ambassadors for Christ, right? We are ambassadors. We are supposed to teach the world the word of reconciliation. What is the word of reconciliation? It is the gospel. <clears throat> it is that Christ died for the sins of the whole world, that he's not leaving anybody out, but they need to know it. They need to hear the gospel so that they can believe the gospel so that they can be changed into his likeness, so that they can become a new creature, right? And if they don't hear the gospel, they're not going to know it, and they're going to end up in hell. And who is to do the work of the ministry? Right? All of us, the saints. We are to do the work of the ministry. What is the purpose of the work of the ministry? In verse 12, it shows us uh, for the edifying of the body of Christ. For the edifying. Everyone say edifying. Edifying of the body of Christ. In other words, when you come to church and you hear a preacher talk or when you hear a prophet or an evangelist or a prophet or a teacher, when you hear anybody in one of those offices speak, it is for perfecting you so that you can do the work of the ministry, which is edifying the body of Christ. <clears throat> so that you can do the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now that doesn't just mean your local church, although your local church is a body of Christ, it does mean the body of, as a whole. So you are supposed to be perfected, right? Because you come to church and you hear the word and you are supposed to take on those principles that you're learning to do the word and be perfected so that you can go out into the world and you can edify the body of Christ. You can do the work of the ministry. You can bring many sons into glory. And you yourself can edify the body of Christ. In other words, when you're out and at the supermarket and you see somebody, you have the, the responsibility to ask them if they know Jesus. To tell them the gospel, the work of the ministry. Right? And you come to church so that you can know who you are in Christ so that you're equipped when you go out to do that. Amen? So that you're equipped when you go out to do that. What does that sound? Oh, okay. So that you're equipped when you go out to do that. Because if you go to the store and you don't think that you're equipped and you don't feel righteous and you don't know who you are in Christ then you're not going to be able to do the work of the ministry. And that is the purpose of these offices. <clears throat> it's not for glory. It's, it's not actually a glorious office. <laughs> you know, ministry is not as glorious as people would think that it is. It's a lot of work. You know, it's a lot of persecution from people you don't think you're going to get persecuted from, right? Uh, just like Jesus, he showed up on the scene 
he was sent to the Jews, those are the ones that crucified him, right? Uh, you know, the world doesn't necessarily have a problem with the preachers, but the Christian world kind of does. That's a whole nother story. But I want to get into this, the perfecting of the saints. Why? For the work of the ministry, right? So that you all can go out and do the work of the ministry so that you can edify the body of Christ. Isn't that exciting? That means you have a purpose. That means God has a purpose for you in this season. You may be called to an office and you haven't got there yet, and that's okay. You'll get there, right? The gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. He'll take you where you need to be to be in the office that you need to be in. But it's not a lot of waiting around until God finally says, <clears throat> here. It's a lot of being perfected and doing the work of the ministry and edifying the body of Christ. And through all of that, God will promote you into your destiny. Amen? So in other words, <clears throat> there's a purpose for coming to church, and that purpose is so that you can be perfected, right? So that you can go out and do the work of the ministry, teach people about the gospel, share the love of God, share the love of Christ for the edifying of the body of Christ. It edifies the body of Christ to have people become saved, right? It brings more in. It increases the body. And then it says, until, and we're supposed to do this until something. Until what? Until we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So we are supposed to do this and continue on perfecting the saints and continue on to do the work of the ministry and continue on edifying the body of Christ until we all come to the unity of the faith, until we are all of one faith, until we are all like Abraham who staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief. Amen? There's unity in that faith. You know, we all talk about being with like-minded believers, right? That's important. And uh, how many of you know that faith can be contagious? You get around somebody that sets their face like Flint and just is totally and completely sold out to God and his word, and it's going to change you. It's going to challenge you, you know. It's going to challenge you. I've had many people say to me, you know, Cindy, things aren't so black and white as you say they are. Well, actually they are, you know. Come up higher. <laughs> Come up higher. That's what I have to say. Change your perspective. Read the word of God. Find out. You know, there's two kingdoms opposing each other here in this world. It's the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness, right? The kingdom of light and the kingdom of dark, <clears throat> and the kingdom of darkness, right? Basically, the kingdom of white and the kingdom of black. <laughs> there really things are black and white. Every, the scriptures say everything has a spiritual voice and not one voice is without distinction. In other words, Every single, every single voice, everything that comes at you is going to try to tell you something, speak to you in some way, and some of those voices are from the kingdom of darkness to get you off the path of Christ, and some of those voices are from the kingdom of God to get you on the path of life, right? In other words, Satan wants to take you out, but we won't let him, amen? Amen. 
So it's perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. <clears throat> so until we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. And the knowledge of the Son of God. I'm not even sure why there's so much problem with the air today. It's interesting. I don't think the enemy wants you to hear this message, but you will hear this message, right? God has given me the victory. I have 77 steps that prove it. <laughs> oh, I hope my brother was hearing for that one. I, hope. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to send this one to my little brother. Pray for me, because <clears throat> I'm going to have to get 120,000 next time. But until we all come to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, into the knowledge of Jesus Christ, right? When we come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, what happens? We are changed into his likeness. We become what we behold. In other words, the more clearly you see who Jesus is, the more you become like him. The more clearly you see who he is, the more you're changed into his image and into his likeness. Now you might say, well, wait a minute, Pastor Cindy. Last week you told me as Jesus is, so am I in this world. That's 100% true. <clears throat> Your spirit is exactly like Jesus' spirit. In fact, in the spiritual realm, if you were to go walking down the street in the spirit and there were a bunch of devils around you, they wouldn't know if you were you or if you were Jesus until you opened your mouth. <clears throat> and if what you spoke was the word of God and in line with the word of God, they would think that it's Jesus Christ walking around, which means that they will bow down to you. They will be cast out. They will flee, right? But if, they, if you open your mouth and you start talking and agreeing with them and agreeing with the world system and agreeing with death, then you are making a partnership with them and you are giving them the right to affect you. Do you understand? <clears throat> but if you, and that's why we need the body of Christ. That's why we need apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers to help us understand the word and to help us know how to walk in the new man and as a new creature, right? So that we can be perfected. So that even though our spirit is 100% righteous and walking around looking like Jesus Christ, that our mouth also will be perfected and walk around and only speak the word and only speak about the things of God that, like, like I have the victory in Christ, right? Because you're going to have what you say. That's a principle in the kingdom of God. It's actually a law in the kingdom of God. Whatever you say, you will have. You're going to have what you say. So your life today is an accumulation of everything that you have been saying. You have created your world by the words that you are speaking. And if you don't like the way your life is today, you need to start saying something else. 
you need to start speaking the word of God in all of those situations. And listen, the enemy is crafty and tricky, and the system of this world, because we're in the world, it seems very strong, right? Like there's a pull, not a good pull, but... You know, and people will get you to agree with them. I was just talking this past week to somebody who said, you know, they had something wrong with them and that it just happens when they get older. And you know what? My flesh wanted to say, ah, oh, yeah, because that is just the thing that people do. You just agree with who you're with and, and that kind of thing. And I just stood there like not saying, I mean, it was awkward. I didn't say anything. I just stood there like, Because the person that I was talking to is a Christian and is a woman of God, but it's not my job to correct everyone, right? But it is definitely my job not to agree with them. <laughs> you know, I'm not, because, you know, the Bible says that if two or more on the earth agree, touching anything, so shall it be established. How do you think the enemy establishes his work in this earth? He just gets two people to agree. If someone says, I don't feel good, and someone says, oh, yeah, you don't look so good, bam, two people have agreed. Do you see how simple that is? If someone says, you're ugly, and you say, oh, maybe I'm ugly, bam, two people agreed, right? If you had a parent that spoke bad things over you and told you you were worthless and told you you wouldn't amount to anything, and you believed it, you agreed with it. Don't do that. You have the power to not agree with the way the world things are. You have the power to say, I'm not going to agree with that. If you have agreed with it in the past, just repent. Just say, God, <clears throat> I'm sorry. I break that agreement with ugliness or worthlessness or that I won't amount to anything. I break that agreement with aging badly or getting sick as I get older or what the doctor says my parents have. I break that agreement. And you take on the word of God and say, I agree with the word of God that says, I am righteous and holy and I am healed and made whole and I am prosperous and I am I am the righteousness of God, and I am worthy of the blood of Jesus. Break those agreements. And you know, those agreements come in the smallest way. You know, I've, <clears throat> I've said this before, but one time I was ministering to somebody on the phone, and they said, you know, I was praying for them, and they believe God, and they said, sometimes sickness just has to run its course, or sometimes a cold just has to run its course. And I was an idiot. And I said, yeah. And you know, I knew at that moment that was the wrong thing to say. It was like, that does not line up with life. And I corrected myself. But nevertheless, I ended up sick. And it took about three days to get better that time instead of just getting better. So, you know, we make agreements in such a small way. And sometimes we do it because we don't pay attention to what other people are saying. And we just get into this, uh, how do I want to say this? There's a way that people act in public and they just agree 
with whatever people say. There's, they're like, it's a, not a fake, but kind of a facade, right? It's like, and it's awkward to go against that, you know? I mean, how many of you have had people say, hi, how are you? And then they just keep walking. They're not interested in how you are. That's just something they say, right? Have you ever had that happen? I've had that happen, and I've actually answered those people, and you can see they have no time for it, <laughs> and they are not interested, and they don't want to hear how you are. And, you know, just because I'm a little bit of a puck sometimes, I will sit there and tell them how I am. <laughs> That's probably wrong. Pray for me. <laughs> but, uh, don't ask me a question you don't want an answer to, basically. <laughs> But, uh, you know, but, but people do that, and they just say things out of their mouth, you know, and uh, they don't necessarily know what it means. Oh, you know, I'm getting by under the circumstances. Really? Under the circumstances? Do you know what you're saying? Are you really, right, hanging in there? Are you really just hanging in there? Or are you prosperous? Are you blessed? Are you filled with the power of God and that resurrection power? Where are you in that? And just be aware. And this is why, this is why the Lord has given us teachers and preachers and prophets and evangelists and apostles, right? It's to help us and to perfect us so that we can be empowered to do the work of the ministry and to edify the body of Christ. Amen? And if you go around agreeing with the body when the body is sick, you are not edifying the body, right? But if you go around agreeing with the word of God when the body is sick, you are edifying the body because you're bringing life and life more abundantly to the body. When you go around encouraging people and, you know, um, there's a saying that misery loves company and it's just as true in the world as it is in the church, but it should not be in the church. When you commiserate with a believer, you are agreeing with them for destruction. That's hard sometimes because, you know, we have healing school and I minister healing to a lot of people and really, people just want me to feel sorry for them. They just, like, not everybody, but there are some, they just want me to have what they call compassion. That's not compassion. Compassion is not agreeing with how sick you are and making provision for your illness. I'm just going to let you know, I, and I get a lot of hate over this. This is not compassion. True compassion is bringing the word of God and standing strong in the word of God, whether they will or no. True compassion is not agreeing with them when they say that they cannot be healed because they've prayed and God wants them sick. That is not compassion to agree with that. True compassion will say, God wants you well. You have been misinformed. These are the scriptures. Here's the word. I'm not going to agree with your sickness. I'm going to agree with the word of God. That is true compassion. Because if you and the Holy Spirit will agree that they are healed, then they have the potential to get healed. 
But if you and them agree that they are sick, then they only have the potential to be sick until someone else comes along that will agree with the word and with the Holy Spirit. Do you see how that goes? And uh, so we're, we're here to, ed- to perfect you so that you can do the work of the ministry, so you can edify the body out in the marketplace, right? So that until we all come to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man. Now, you know when you miss it. You know when... That doesn't mean you're not righteous and holy on the inside. It just means you're not perfected yet. Right? I know when I miss it, maybe I miss it being a little too happy about my brother's defeat. <laughs> so happy about that. <laughs> so, I'm so happy. Uh, but unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We've got to come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. In other words, we're always going to have apostles and prophets and evangelists and preachers and teachers until the whole body is all in unity, all in faith, all built up to a perfect man until the measure of the fullness of the body of Christ. In other words, until all of us everywhere in the body of Christ are walking around like Jesus, both in the supernatural and in the natural. Right? So if you have a problem with preachers, get over it. (laughs) That was funny, God. Anyway, that's not in my notes. But but there's a reason for this, okay? And it's so that, that we become no more children, tossed to and fro about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men who who um, have cunning craftiness and lie in wait to deceive. In other words, there are lots of people out there that have their own doctrines and their own understandings and their own thoughts and their own opinions about the word of God. You know, I don't even know if I have an opinion about the word of God except that it's true and that's it, right? It's not what does Pastor Cindy say, it's what does the word say. If the word says it, that's it. If I don't agree with the word, I'm wrong. And I'll change, right? That's it. That's how I live my life. That's how I want you guys to live your life, right? You don't go around looking for, you know, what's your opinion and what's your opinion and what's your opinion and what's your opinion. You know, I've, I've had people in my life argue, well, and they've said things to me like, well, you're not listening to my opinion. You don't care about my opinion, And you know, these words came out so fast, and it is speaking the truth in love. Listen, I don't care about my opinion. Why would I care about yours? Right? And why don't I care about my opinion? Because my opinion doesn't matter. What matters is the word of God. You know, the Lord showed me by in a natural way and then by revelation that my opinion doesn't matter. I had I was a a house owner and this guy came up and he was a salesman. I'll never forget it. It was hilarious. He was trying to sell me vinyl siding for my house. And I told him that I didn't like vinyl siding, that I really liked the way my house was and that if I was going to do anything, it would be brick. And this salesperson said to me, your opinion doesn't matter. 
And in that moment, I said, excuse me, as the homeowner, the owner of this house, you are telling me that my opinion doesn't matter? And I said, I think you're going to have to leave, right? Like, that was it for me. But you know, when I shut the door, the Lord said to me, your opinion doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And it shouldn't matter, not regarding that, but regarding the word of God, regarding am I healed, am I not healed, am I prosperous, am I not prosperous. My opinion doesn't matter. The way I feel doesn't matter. What matters is what the word says. And that, I mean, you know, God bless that poor misinformed salesperson who probably didn't sell much. But hopefully God is blessing him because it took that natural situation and God showed me something that has changed my life. And so I do, you know, maybe I don't listen to people's opinions, but it's because I don't listen to mine, right? Like, I don't need to hear your opinion. I just need to hear the word of God, and that's what I need to hear, right? Why do we need opinions anyways? Unless Unless they are directly in line with the word of God, they're wrong. Right? No sense in spreading that. Amen. Our lives are going to be what we think about, what we say. If our opinions are wrong, we're going to manifest wrong things. So why go there? I just don't. So um, then it says that, but speaking the truth in love may grow up with him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. And um, verse 16, that the whole body from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. It's a big mouthful, but it's basically saying that you are the body of Christ and you are fitly joined together, and you will be fitly joined and compacted by what every joint supplies. What does that mean? That means you, as a believer in Christ, you as a member of the body, you have a supply of the Spirit that you need to bring every single day in your life, and when you bring that supply of the Spirit, then the body of Christ will be edified, right? If you're in a body of Christ and that body of Christ is not being fitly joined together, fitly like it fits, right? If it's disjointed and stuff, you might need to ask yourself, am I bringing the supply of the Spirit in me? Woo. Amen. Come on. This is, this is powerful. Am I bringing the supply of the Spirit in me? You know, just regarding cell groups, for example, are you attending your cell group? You know, maybe you're not attending because you don't think you're going to get anything out of it. But maybe you need to attend because someone there needs what you have. I mean, we prayed over these cell groups. We, we were led by the Holy Spirit putting people in specific cell groups based on the leading of the Lord. You're in there for a reason. And if you're not attending because you don't see the value in it, you know, 
you might be missing that God needs you to bring your supply of the Spirit to teach someone something that's going to change their life. You might need that. You might need to be there to do that. You might get something from the cell group that you never thought you would get. There might be a blessing for you there, a revelation for you there. There might be something in there, or even at church. I mean, I know I'm preaching to the choir because you guys are all here, but you might, you might, there might be somebody here that needs a smile from you or a word of encouragement from you or a, I'm glad you're here, right? Like they might need a hug from you. You might be the only person that reaches out to them that day or that week or that month. You know, I've heard many testimonies where somebody would come to a church and one person would tell them something like, not even a pastor or a minister, nobody that was assigned to a position, they just told them, hey, God has a plan for your life. And then they didn't kill themselves. Hallelujah. Like, we don't know what people are going through when they come through those doors. One thing we know is they're seeking something bigger than themselves, and they're seeking God. That's what we know. They're seeking a reason to live. They're seeking a purpose in their life. They're seeking their call and their destiny. And how are we as the body of Christ going to handle that? Are we going to just be selfish and despise it and say, oh, I don't feel like going to church today. I don't feel like going to Dave's class today. I don't feel like going to my cell group today. I'm just going to, you know, whatever. Or are we going to make the most of all the opportunities that God gives us and be present and be accounted for and then let the Holy Spirit flow through us and give the supply of the Spirit that God has given us to give out. It doesn't always look like you preaching or you teaching, although some of you are well able to do that, you know, and some of you are well able to you know, get someone filled with the Holy Spirit that may not come forward in a church service and with the evidence of speaking in tongues or tell them something that'll break the chains of poverty or break the chains of sin off their life. You know, some of you can do that and some of you can even preach from the pulpit. But, you know, when, when we're out in the marketplace, when I'm like, for example, when I'm at the grocery store or when I'm at, I was going to... Uh, I think it was, we were at Cheesecake Factory, right, Haley? We were leaving Cheesecake Factory when that girl needed prayer. And they were coming into the Cheesecake Factory, and the Lord told me to pray for this woman. She doesn't know I'm a pastor. I am like nobody to her, right? And the Lord just said, I need you to go pray for her. And so I went to pray for her with Haley's encouragement, of course, um, she really encouraged me. And uh, so I went to pray for her, and it was exactly the words she needed at the exact time. She still doesn't know I'm a pastor. I didn't say, oh, I'm a pastor of a church. Come and join my church. No, I was just being the best body of Christ I could be and obeying the Lord and speaking a word of life to this person. And, you know, we... Just letting the body be edified by the supply of the Spirit. You know what I'm saying? And we need to be conscious that we're doing that. And as we do that, as we 
take advantage of the opportunities that God has given us in the church and out of the church, right? Both. Then we are going to see the body of Christ around us edified and built up, and, and we're going to come to that unity of the faith. Um, I'm not getting very far, but I really believe that this is important. I'm sorry, I have like eight more pages of notes, but we're not going to get through them all today. Uh, but, and then it says, um, according to the effectual working in the measure of every per- part, makes increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So when we show up, when we're present and accounted for, then God can bring the people that he needs to bring. Do you, how many of you have ever thought about this? If you are supposed to be in a position and you decide to not show up that day, what if God sent somebody that was going to die that day and go to hell and would have received salvation if you would have shown up and led them to the Lord? I know that that's extreme, but what if? What if you are the key person? What if you are the last one that would obey? God knows whether you're going to obey or not, but, you know, what if you are the one person that is going to give them the word that is going to change the course of their life? You know, it only took one person to lead Smith Wigglesworth to Christ. That's it. One word. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of seeds planted and stuff along the way. Praise God for that. But there's always that pivotal moment What if you are a pivotal moment? What if you're a pivotal moment in your cell group? What if you're a pivotal moment in this church? What if you're a pivotal moment at Fry's when you do your grocery shopping or wherever you go? What if you're a pivotal moment in healing school? What if you prophesy and you change somebody's destiny? I know you know that because you prophesy and you are led of the Lord. But have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about showing up to church and being present and accounted for is more than just you? And what if you don't? Did you know that you have a supply of the spirit that you need to bring? And it doesn't always look like you might think it looks. You know, there's some things that I've said that I, I don't even remember I've said. And people will come back and say, you showed up and you said this and it changed my life. And I'm like, I don't even remember you. I don't, I don't even remember your face. In a meeting somewhere, you know, struggled to get there, wasn't going to go. Heard God say go, decided to go, sitting in the back because that was the only seat, turning to someone and saying, wow, isn't that powerful? And then they tune in and they agree, yes, that's powerful. And then the word changes their life and they're never the same. And then I go home and think, why did I go? It could have been a waste. I could have stayed home. I could have got my chores done. I could have, and then later, two years later, 
Oh, you're the one that sat there in that meeting and looked at me and said, isn't that powerful? And man, the word hit me and the power of God hit me and now my life has changed and I'm like, well, praise God. (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, you are so important to the body of Christ. You are so important to every, you are every joint. You have a supply of the spirit that matters in the body of Christ. And when you show up, then God can bring that person. And sometimes we show up and nothing happens. And sometimes, you know, we've had classes and things where we show up and nobody comes. But, you know, maybe God has us, needs us to prove to ourselves that we are faithful so that we build that in ourselves and say, you know what, I'm a faithful person. I'm going to show up whether anyone shows up or not. I'm going to be there whether I get anything out of it or not. I'm going to be that faithful person. And when we resolve that in ourselves, right, the scriptures say be ye faithful because he is faithful. When we resolve that in our own characteristics and we know we are faithful and nothing is going to stop us from doing what God tells us to do, and being where God tells us to be, and saying what God tells us to say, that's when God can make you the very last person this person will have ever talked to before they leave this earth. That's when God can make you the one person (coughs) that can speak the word of life to them that will change their destiny out of darkness and into the marvelous light. That You know, because people's hearts are getting hard. In this world, people's hearts are getting hard. Not yours. Amen. Amen. But people are getting, you know, marketing, for example, is going out and and tons of things are hitting them. And it's like, buy this and buy that and do this and do that and five steps to this and ten steps to this and twelve steps to this. And honestly, not much of them work. Not much of them work. Not much of them do what they promise to do. So then when we come along with the message of life and life more abundantly, if we're not walking in love, it's probably not. I mean, it may not work, right? And how many other Christians have beaten them up and bashed them over the head and, and spoke bad things to them and ostracized them and all of that, And then you who are being perfected and know to walk in love and know who you are in Christ, you decide to take a day off and sit at home. How can God bring that person across your path? I'm speaking to myself as much as I'm speaking to you. How can then God bring that person to you if all you're doing is hiding? We've got to do what God tells us to do. We're going to see this church grow by leaps and bounds when we start doing what God tells us to do, when we are present and accounted for and prove ourselves faithful to ourselves. Listen, God knows your heart. God knows whether you're going to be faithful or not. But if you don't show up, he still can't send that person. You might think in your heart you are the faithfulest person, the most faithful person ever, But if you don't show up, first of all, that's not faithful. But second of all, God can't bring that person. But if you will just show up, 
you can bring the supply of the spirit that you have. And when you bring the supply of the spirit that you have, then the body of Christ will be edified. Then it will increase. Then it will grow up, right? It will edify itself in love, right? In relationship. And then the people around you will be edified, right? Hallelujah. And then you'll see more of the power of God, more of the presence of God, more of the supply of the Spirit. Because what happens, God says, to him who has, more will be given. And to him who has not, that which he has or seems to have will be taken away. You need to use what you have. How do you know if you have it if you don't use it? How do you know you've got the power of God if you don't use it? You have it because the scriptures say you have it. I'm just provoking you to use it. Just use it. Just lay your hands on the sick. Just when you're out there this week, just if you see someone limping, hey, how are you? What happened? Ask what happened. Engage them in a conversation. Put your hand on their shoulder. You know Jesus heals you now all you got to do. You can, you can sneak heal them. <laughs> you can sneak heal them. You know, you don't have to be like, well, I'm going to get out my Bible and I'm going to show you. There are times for that. But sometimes when you're in the marketplace and, you know, their guard is up and they don't know who you are and what you want, sometimes you just have to put your hand on their shoulder and say, you know, Jesus heals you. Not Jesus can heal you, but Jesus heals you. And then they're like, whoa, what happened? Why am I healed? And then you can explain the gospel and all of that, right? Just sneak attack them, amen? When you're out there this week, just whatever, whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to do, do it. If God has given you opportunity to come and to be part of something at this church, please be a part of it, right? Please bring your supply of the Spirit. You have no idea how much I honor what God has put in you. Like, it is a big deal to me who you are, what you have in Christ, and the supply of the Spirit that you have. It is valuable beyond words. God ordained it. It's a, you are a gift from God. And I recognize that. You know, I may not have time to personally call every one of you every week, but that's why we have cell groups, right? So you can continue to build up the body throughout the week and stay strong and you know, praise God. So I guess next week, I'm just going to close here, and I guess next week we'll start, let me make a note, uh, in verse 21 and 22, unless God has something else for next week. I'm just going to put this, uh, we'll start there. Um, is that okay with you if I just close there? I mean, there's so much more, but um, it would take, I'm only on page three out of like eight, so we're just going to stop. <laughs> and let God do his thing. Amen? So let's stand and I'll close in prayer. Are you blessed today? Yes. Has this helped you? Yes. Did you learn something? Yes. You feel full of life? Yes. Amen? Amen? Amen. Listen, if you, this message is not for you to take any condemnation or any shame or any guilt or any fear or anything like that. If you feel that way, because you haven't done something that you feel like you're supposed to do, or if you feel like I'm trying to pressure you in or push you into something, that is not my intent. Just throw that away. Those are 
thoughts of the enemy trying to cloud your judgment, trying to make you think that the church is trying to control you. You know, some churches do try to control you. That's true, but this one doesn't. I don't have the time to babysit you. You are all adults. Uh, you know, you, you stand before God, and you're going you're gonna to have your relationship with God, and it's not going to involve me. <laughs> Amen? Like at the, end, at the end, when we stand before God, you're not going to be able to point at me and say, well, Pastor Cindy tried to make me go to a cell group. You know what God's going to say? No, she didn't. She offered you the cell group. And you felt manipulated, but that's not what it was. And you're going to, and I want to encourage you, that's not my heart. If you don't want to go to a cell group, I'm not going to babysit you, okay? I don't have time for that. I don't even babysit my own children, whom I love dearly and would give my life for. I'm not going to babysit you. I let my own children, and you'll get, you, as you get to know me, you'll see this, I let them make their own choices. I tell them what my thoughts are, what I believe. I show them sometimes very seriously. But I respect their ability to make their own choices. And it doesn't change my love for them. It doesn't change their position in my family, right? I let them make their own choices, and I don't beat them up over the head over it. I don't even come back and say, wow, I told you so. I don't do that. Because in the end, they are going to stand before God and they're not going to be able to say, well, my mom, this or that. They're going to stand before God for their own self. And so are you. And so am I. Amen? And I don't want, I don't want you to get the wrong idea. I want you to be part of this church. I want you to come to healing school. I want you to come to your cell groups. I want you to come to worship night because God has given us these things to bless us, to edify us, to perfect us for the work of the ministry, For right? This is why God has given us those things. He has not given us these things to stress us out to the max or to make us feel bad about not going. Listen, if you don't want to go to Dave Marshall's class, you're missing out. But he's not going to make you, right? He's not going to make you, and he's not going to make you feel guilty, and neither am I. But I'm telling you, you're missing something that God has for you if you don't take advantage of these opportunities. Do you understand what I'm saying? So God loves you. Don't feel bad about the things that you have maybe missed just start from where you are today and say you know what God has given me opportunity whatever God is dealing with you with start today don't tell me I don't need to know about it you just tell yourself and you tell the Lord today I'm going to change I'm going to change my perspective about things I'm going to allow myself to be perfected. I'm going to go and do the work of the ministry. I'm going to recognize that I have a supply of the Spirit. And I'm not going to let somebody who told me that I can't amount to anything change the fact that I have a call of God on my life. You know, maybe it's not your parents that said that. Maybe it's a minister that looked at you and said, wow, you cannot preach or you cannot sing or you cannot do the things that God has called you to do and they've never opened the door for you. Don't agree with that. Don't listen to that. 
You're called of God. I don't care if somebody looked at you in the natural and said, nope, I don't think so. Look at yourself in the spirit, right? The scriptures say, no, no man after the flesh. That includes yourself. Don't know yourself after the flesh. Don't identify with everything you've done wrong and everywhere you've missed it. Know yourself after Christ. Know who you are in Christ. Know yourself after the spirit of who God has called you to be, who he's made you to be, that he has given you the supply of the spirit that you can bring, right? That you can edify one another. And as you go about your week, just go do the work of the ministry and edify those around you and sneakily heal them. Amen? Amen.